Due to the sensitive nature of today's episode, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of child abuse, violence, and murder that may be upsetting for some listeners. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. In 2013, more than 12 million Americans reportedly believed blood-sucking, shape-shifting reptilian humanoids from another planet pulled the strings of some of the world's largest institutions. Suspected members included England's Queen Elizabeth II, President Barack Obama, and Justin Bieber. Most believe they wanted to create a new world order as part of their scheme for global domination. Of course, given their veil of secrecy and ability to hide in plain sight, nobody knew for sure. The earliest iterations of this theory took root near the end of the 18th century. In the wake of the Industrial Revolution, an influx of immigrants had arrived on American shores. Shaped by anti-Semitism and informed by esoteric writings, the conspiracy evolved over time. It drew inspiration from science fiction and pop culture, like Bram Stoker's novel Dracula and the 70s comic book series Conan the Barbarian. Eventually, it was synthesized and popularized by zealot and controversial conspiracy theorist David Icke in the late 1990s. Belief in a shadowy cabal of extraterrestrial lizards persists to this day. In 2013, 12 million Americans represented roughly 4% of the country's population, and the number has likely grown since. Historically, fringe theorists have mostly been relegated to the social fringe, finding pockets of communities online. If their ideas ever appeared in mainstream media, chances are they were dismissed and mocked. They were 12 million data points, rarely given faces or names. As such, public interest fixated on what they believed instead of why they believed it, until recently when they started stepping into the spotlight armed with chemical weapons, guns, and bombs. Then, everything changed. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode, we're operating a little differently. Instead of rating Conspiracy Theories, we'll be discussing the psychology behind why they can be so enticing. Along the way, we'll examine some of history's most demonstrably false theories, like dogs that practice witchcraft false. Next time, we'll flip the script and discuss some of history's most famous conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. And we'll examine the psychology behind institutionalized gaslighting and some of the world's most diabolical and deadly cover-ups. 
We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. On Christmas Day 2020, Anthony Quinn Warner, a man who reportedly believed in the existential threat posed by an evil race of reptilian overlords, drove an RV into downtown Nashville, Tennessee, and detonated a bomb. The blast caused millions of dollars worth of damage to neighboring buildings, injured eight people, and ended Warner's life. As a result, we may never learn Warner's motives, or how conspiracies fueled his perception of reality. You've probably heard the phrase, perception is reality, before. Maybe you've considered what it means. Maybe not. If you haven't, sit with it for a few seconds. Perception is reality. Your perception is your reality. So, is it true? There's an undeniable difference between an opinion and a fact. For example, I hate LA traffic is an opinion, while with fewer cars on the road, carbon emissions would go down is a fact. Simple, right? Now, what about more people should care about our planet? Though it may sound like a fact, it's objectively an opinion, even when framed as a solution. But, if taken one step further... If more people cared about our planet, carbon emissions would go down. Now, it's developed into a theory, a belief that pursues truth. But the difficulty in pursuing truth is, it's a moving target. To illustrate what we mean, let's go back in time to the end of the 17th century. In 1689, English philosopher John Locke first proposed his tabula rasa, or blank slate, theory on human development. In the nature versus nurture debate, Locke planted himself firmly on the side of nurture. He suggested that humans are entirely the product of their lived experience. Essentially, Locke believed that, at conception, humans began as this crisp sheet of paper— 
Over time, our sensory observations crumple, stain, tear, and color that sheet of paper, giving birth to our identity. And because we never stop having experiences, our identities are constantly evolving. This concept wasn't entirely new. Both the ancient Greeks and Persians had variations of this idea. But Locke's proposal became incredibly popular and well-regarded in the scientific community. After testing its veracity, Locke's peers gathered evidence and facts that seemed to support his conclusion. Now, Locke didn't escape criticism in his day or in the centuries after, but blank slate traveled through time as the most true theory from 1689 to the dawn of a new millennium. In a 2002 book, Harvard psychology professor and cognitive scientist Steven Pinker popularly debunked tabula rasa. He pointed to studies on identical twins that essentially showed identical twins separated at birth and raised in different homes had more similarities than two kids from different parents adopted and raised together. In other words, it's not just nurture. Genetics also play a significant role in human development. Pinker didn't rely solely on social observations either. New neuroscience technology has found compelling evidence to support his claims. So, despite containing elements of truth, Locke's tabula rasa theory has been proven fundamentally wrong. Of course, wrong doesn't mean unhelpful. Locke's theory advanced our understanding of human development. But knowing its shortcomings, we can no longer claim it's the best working theory. Now, you might be wondering how this applies to conspiracy theories. Well, recently, they've earned quite the reputation. In the past five years alone, the Los Angeles Times decried that America had entered the age of conspiracy theories. The Washington Post advised its readers on how to protect themselves from succumbing to conspiracy theories, as if they're the common cold or even the plague. The Atlantic wrote that America had lost its mind. And as recently as February 2021, the New York Times asserted that the U.S. was in the midst of a reality crisis, all because of the pervasiveness of conspiracy theories. More and more, the term conspiracy theories is synonymous with belief systems that are preposterous. But is that true? Are conspiracy theories inherently false? In short, no, but you could say they've earned their dubious reputation. Unlike scientific theories, conspiracy theories can have a lot, a little, or absolutely no evidence to support them. As a result, history and pop culture are filled with outrageous claims commonly referred to as conspiracy theories. We cover many of them on this show. But there are many more that are not even worth evaluating. For example, Here's three things you might encounter every day that some conspiracy theorists claim don't exist. One, birds. Birds don't exist, at least not anymore. Annoyed by fecal droppings on their cars, CIA agents killed them between the years 1959 and 1971. They replaced all our feathered friends with billions of drone replicas used for surveillance and reconnaissance on the more reason to distrust pigeons. Number two, trees. 
This one's a semantic argument more than anything. Theorists admit that plants exist that we call trees, but they claim real trees, enormous majestic ones, went extinct a long time ago. What we call trees today are essentially tall bushes. Number three, the moon isn't real. According to some theories, it's a hologram. As for how it got there and who's operating it, that all depends on who you ask. The list of baseless theories is endless, and it keeps cascading downwards. Finland is a fictional place. The Beatles, the most popular band of all time, wasn't a quartet, but a revolving cast of lookalike musicians. Avril Lavigne was replaced by a clone. Jay-Z is a time-traveling vampire. Dinosaurs built the Great Pyramids. The 90s sitcom Saved by the Bell was demonic Illuminati propaganda. For the most part, these rabbit holes are harmless. But the same can't be said for all unfounded conspiracy theories. On December 4, 2016, 28-year-old Edgar Madison Welch was driving six hours from Salisbury, North Carolina to Washington, D.C. with a mission. He planned to rescue children from an alleged sex ring run by sadistic, pedophilic politicians. His intended destination? The basement of Comet Ping Pong, a family pizza parlor. According to conspiracy theorists on websites like 4chan, 8chan, Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter, that's where kids were being kept in cages. In reality, the only children inside Comet Ping Pong were customers, eating pizza or playing ping pong with their families. Not only did the restaurant not operate a human trafficking sex ring, it didn't even have a basement. But Welch believed what he'd been told what he read with his own eyes on websites that often relayed legitimate news. As he drove to Washington, he recorded a video addressing his two daughters back at home, saying, I can't let you grow up in a world that's so corrupt by evil. Welch arrived in Washington with an AR-15, a handgun, and a knife. He fired three shots in his search for an imaginary sex dungeon, including blasting open a lock to an employee's storage closet. Incredibly, nobody at the pizza parlor was hurt or killed. Officials arrested Welch, and a court sentenced him to four years in prison. But first, Welch penned a letter to the judge. It read, I came to D.C. with the intent of helping people I believed were in dire need of assistance. It was never my intention to harm or frighten innocent lives, but I realize now just how foolish and reckless my decision was. But the Pizzagate conspiracy, as it's been called, didn't end after Welch's arrest. Online, people continued to accuse Comet Ping Pong of monstrous evils. It didn't matter that a member of their ranks had shown up, found no evidence, and regretted his actions. Some accused Welch of being a false flag actor, planted by the corrupt elite. They suggested his actions and arrest were a scripted piece of theater to throw people off the scent and to distract them from the truth that a pedophile sex dungeon really did exist in a Washington pizza parlor. Others concocted a different narrative. The basement was real. Welch simply didn't find it before his arrest and they rallied around him as a hero, writing posts like, 
It's just sick how one guy goes to help and the country puts him in prison. And in the darkest corners of the internet, the lies evolved into something new. You've probably heard the name before, QAnon. Coming up, how the QAnon conspiracy theory started and why. Hi listeners, it's Carter from ParCast, and I am thrilled to tell you about a new limited series I'm hosting just in time for Father's Day. It's called Devious Dads, and it introduces you to some of the most feared, fraudulent, and fatal fathers in history. Every Sunday on Spotify, discover the men who started out as role models and ended up becoming real-life criminals like Wall Street financier Bernie Madoff, whose billion-dollar Ponzi scheme destroyed countless families, including his own. Or Marvin Gaye Sr., whose envy and resentment towards his son's successful music career drove him to murder. Each episode of Devious Dads has been handpicked from shows across the ParCast network, shining a light on the men who are far more wicked than wise. This summer, catch a glimpse of the frightening side of fatherhood. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Devious Dads. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least, not the ones you're thinking of but they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home, like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, It's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Now, back to the story. The New York Times has defined QAnon as, quote, the umbrella term for a set of internet conspiracy theories that allege falsely that the world is run by a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles. The connections between Pizzagate and QAnon are self-evident. Experts believe that following Welch's arrest, the Pizzagate allegations were repurposed by other online users with a slightly different twist and on a much larger scale. As opposed to one satanic child sex ring in a Washington pizza parlor, online believers claim the conspiracy ran deeper and spanned the globe. Supposedly, a cabal of mostly left-leaning politicians is at the helm. Celebrities and world leaders have been accused as well, including Tom Hanks, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, Pope Francis, and the Dalai Lama. As far as experts can tell, QAnon, as a unique entity, can be traced back to an account on the image-based bulletin board website, 4chan. The account first appeared in October 2017, and it was called Q Clearance Patriot. 
Their username refers to Q-Level Clearance, a real classification at the United States Department of Energy. This distinction grants a limited number of federal employees access to highly classified nuclear material. The person or persons behind the online account are referred to as Q. Q presents their so-called top-secret intel at random. Their messages usually sound like prophecies and are often masked by allegory and code. Followers believe the cryptic messages are necessary to keep Q's identity a secret, thereby keeping them safe. Of course, it also means Q has not presented evidence that they've worked for any branch of the federal government, let alone obtained a high-level security clearance, and the allegations they've waged have little or nothing to do with nuclear material. But neither lack of evidence or logic has stopped the QAnon theories from gaining traction. The account posts often, but at random, in what have come to be known as Q-drops. As of this recording, there have been around 5,000 of these drops, meaning 5,000 cryptic inflammatory messages. As a result of interpretation, information sharing, and speculation, many other baseless conspiracy theories merged with QAnon or were brought into the fold. This includes the alien-lizard conspiracy theory that kicked off this episode. Now, as a movement, QAnon is a little odd. Not every supporter believes every sub-theory. Apart from the existence of a deep state cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles, few claims have been adopted by all or even most of QAnon supporters. Except for one. It involves the former president of the United States of America. According to prior Q-drops, Donald Trump was recruited by top military personnel to put an end to the sadistic corruption in Washington. Now, there's no evidence for this whatsoever, but QAnon followers found what they believe to be evidence in the former president's words. In October 2017, shortly before the birth of the Q account, Trump made an ambiguous statement in an unscheduled late-night press briefing at the White House. The comment came after a dinner for United States military commanders. He said, You guys know what this represents. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. Could be the calm before the storm. Now, calm before the storm is a common idiom. In everyday speech, it can be used to describe a wide range of situations with a variety of stakes. For example, a theatrical tech week or the pre-holiday shopping season, or the hours before a Category 5 hurricane. Without apparent context for what Trump was referring to, reporters asked the president what he meant. He provided no response, so QAnon supporters interpreted their own meaning. Judgment Day is coming. And so, the storm was born. Also referred to as the Great Awakening, QAnon supporters believe that one day in the near future, Trump will lead a sweeping wave of criminal arrests. He'll throw the world's corrupt leaders in prison and herald in a new age, free from their satanic criminal enterprises. But perhaps the most shocking of all QAnon theories is the belief that the alleged shadowy elite don't just run a child sex ring. 
They drink baby blood and eat their victims to ingest a chemical compound known as adrenochrome, a compound they claim has powers akin to the fountain of youth. The inspiration for this particular narrative seems to come from writer Hunter S. Thompson's fictionalized book, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. In the novel, adrenochrome is like a powerful drug, similar to DMT. It's taken in liquid form using a dropper, and it's hard to harvest. Thompson writes, There's only one source for this stuff, the adrenaline glands from a living human body. It's no good if you get it out of a corpse. Now, adrenochrome is a real substance. It's produced by the human body in tandem with adrenaline. But there's absolutely zero evidence to suggest it has miraculous properties, other than helping to stop blood clots. It's claims like these that make QAnon seem laughable. Unfortunately, its lies have numerous real-world consequences. On June 15, 2018, a former Marine and QAnon supporter, Matthew Wright, drove an armored vehicle to a bridge in Arizona near the Hoover Dam. He apparently wanted to grab the nation's attention by creating a traffic blockade. Frustrated by the lack of progress toward QAnon's Great Awakening, he decided to take matters into his own hands. This included bringing two military-style assault rifles, two handguns, 900 rounds of ammunition, and a flashbang device with him. Luckily, no shots were fired and nobody was harmed. Officials arrested Wright before the situation could escalate. On December 19, 2018, police arrested a California man who was in possession of materials to make a bomb. According to FBI documents, he planned to, quote, blow up a satanic temple monument to make Americans aware of Pizzagate and the New World Order who were dismantling society. On August 12, 2020, a 30-year-old Texas woman with a blood alcohol level more than twice the legal limit intentionally rammed her car into another vehicle. She told police that she believed the driver was a pedophile and that she was helping rescue a young girl in his possession. On January 6, 2021, rioters stormed the United States Capitol in a violent insurrection. Many members of the mob identified as QAnon supporters. Some carried Q signs, a few wore t-shirts, one was a self-proclaimed QAnon shaman. As a result of the attack, five people lost their lives, including Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. Hundreds more were injured, many critically. With this surge in violence, researchers around the country are seriously studying the QAnon movement. In a December 2020 NPR Ipsos poll, Americans were asked whether the following statement was true. A group of Satan-worshipping elites who run a child sex ring are trying to control our politics and media. 17% of participants marked yes, it was true. Unsurprisingly, the same poll found that 83% of Americans are concerned about the spread of false or misleading information and its potential consequences. And their fears are warranted. The FBI continues to warn about the growing threat of conspiracy theory-driven domestic extremists. 
In light of this fear, many wonder, what makes people believe the unbelievable? The answer is neither singular nor simple. So for clarity, we're going to break down the leading research into three driving forces. First, circumstance. Historically, we've seen that in uncertain times, conspiracies thrive. Against the reason and logic of their day, the Salem witch trials of the 17th century and the New England vampire panic of the 19th century turned diseases like ergotism and tuberculosis into evil sorceresses and blood-sucking monsters. The carnage of both World War I and II brought about a rise in the popularity of occultism and a genuine belief in magic. Desperately searching for ways to put an end to the bloodshed or to gain leverage over their enemies, people turned to the possibility of supernatural forces. At the beginning of the Cold War in the late 1940s and early 50s, Americans were holding their breath in fear. The United States and the Soviet Union had their hands on atomic holsters, waiting to see which country would draw first. Death lurked around every corner. Earth's future was uncertain. As a result, Americans turned their attention to the stars. Pop culture experienced an obsession with outer space. Civilian UFO sightings surged. Real or imagined, alien invasions provided the world with something to fear other than the existential threat of nuclear warfare. And more importantly, it gave their fear a less human face. People are more likely to embrace conspiracy theories and the supernatural when their personal security feels threatened. This is, in part, to reclaim control and to feel a sense of stability. And few things are more grounding than having a common enemy to blame. During the Cold War, the United States government didn't want to encourage UFO mania, but some members still wanted to give a face to America's fear. So they created an imaginary enemy at home. Led by Wisconsin Senator Joseph McCarthy, they launched a series of propaganda campaigns falsely accusing countless Americans of having ties to communism. The propaganda wasn't hard to sell. Real communist regimes were spreading across the world, so belief in deep state communist conspiracies ran rampant. And like QAnon, this red scare mostly targeted politicians and celebrities. Now it doesn't take an expert to isolate the circumstances that are causing Americans' most recent unease. Two of the biggest recessions in American history have happened in the past two decades. There are young adults who have lived through both. Poverty is on the rise and income inequality has never been higher. The three wealthiest individuals in the United States have roughly the same combined net worth as the poorest half of all Americans which would include more than 160 million people. And according to the Economic Policy Institute, workers at the minimum wage today are paid roughly 25% less than their counterparts 48 years ago. In other words, the gap is only widening. There's also been a rise in hate crimes, political divisions, gun-related deaths, and natural disasters due to climate change. U.S. citizens are hurting, and the popular view is that the government doesn't want to help. 
Trust in institutions has reached an all-time low. All of this is before the COVID-19 pandemic, which as of this recording continues. We're living through anxiety-inducing circumstances. For the most part, each of us reacts to stress and anxiety differently. But at the same time, there are trends in how humans act in certain situations. Which brings us to the second driving force behind belief in conspiracy theories, human nature. Although John Locke claimed otherwise, human nature is partially shaped by our DNA. And, like it or not, we're all capable of believing even the most outrageous lies. Coming up, the truth behind QAnon. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Now back to the story. Violence associated with baseless conspiracy theories like QAnon is on the rise in America. As a result, there's never been more interest in understanding what attracts people to them. So let's get to know QAnon supporters by getting to know ourselves as humans better. According to psychologists, humans want to feel in the know, special, and like we have exclusive access to secrets. So when we're confronted with information from anyone purporting to have access to high-level government intel, even if we fancy ourselves skeptics, we instinctively want to believe. With QAnon, this desire is compounded by another one of our proclivities. We really like puzzles. Or rather, we like solving puzzles. According to experts, we crave the eureka moment associated with unlocking a code or putting in that last jigsaw piece. Whenever we glean insight or perceived insight, it triggers our pleasure system. It's like slurping down a sugary soft drink. Your body feels a momentary high. In QAnon's case, the so-called intelligence disseminated by the QAnon account comes in bursts of cryptic codes meant to be cracked. For example, one post included just a string of numbers and letters before this message. The castle runs red, yes. Each word in this unintelligible sentence was separated by underscores. Another post just read, Helicopter, crash, Newport Beach, Hotel GM. What happened at these hotels? These gamified breadcrumbs open the door for two important outcomes. 
First, they leave ample room for interpretation and wild speculation. Second, they invite participation, which deepens people's personal stakes in the alleged corruption and fosters a sense of community. Especially in uncertain times, like a pandemic, people crave connection. And inside any community, it's relatively easy to persuade members into believing almost anything, even if it goes against their logic and reason. Even if it goes against what their eyes and ears tell them. You can only hear my voice, but I want you to picture three vertical lines in front of you. Line A, line B, and line C. Line A is clearly the shortest, line B is clearly the tallest, and line C is somewhere between the two. The heights are not difficult to distinguish. Now, as part of a study, you and a handful of other participants are asked which line is the tallest. One by one, you go down the line and give the obvious answer, line B. You're correct. Now you're shown a new group of lines. This time, line C is clearly the tallest. But what you don't know is all of the other participants are plants. The conductors of the experiment asked them to intentionally give the wrong answer this time. One by one, they go down the line of participants. Again, line C is obviously the tallest, but they all start saying line A, the shortest of all the lines, is the tallest. In fact, every single participant in the room answers line A until it gets to you. Now, what do you answer? This exact experiment happened as part of the now famous ash conformity studies. And according to the results, participants conform to the wrong answer an astounding 37% of the time. 75% of all participants conformed at least once during the trials. In other words, despite knowing that C was the tallest line, three quarters of people changed their answer to the wrong one just so they would fit in. And this was in a social experiment with relatively low stakes. This type of hard wiring can be traced back to our most innate animalistic instincts. According to philosophy professor Adrian Barden, long ago, humans needed to assimilate into tribes. To do so, we were basically required to adopt the same ideological belief system, regardless whether it was grounded in science or superstition. In other words, our ingrained desire to conform to the so-called in-crowd is part of our survival instincts. But nowadays, in a civilized society, it might actually hurt us. Primatologist Jane Goodall spent years observing group behavior in our closest animal relative, chimpanzees. Chimpanzees by nature follow a pack leader, an alpha male. As long as the pack remains singular, members cooperate, everything's fine. But once the group gets big enough, a natural split can happen and two unique packs are created, each with their own leader. The next time one pack spots the other's leader in the wild, they'll create a hunting brigade of their largest males to chase the leader down, beat them to a pulp, and assimilate their females even if there was plenty of space and food for both groups to survive on their own. 
In other words, we're biologically designed to be fiercely, even illogically loyal to our pre-existing allegiance. Tell a Red Sox fan that the Yankees have a good starting lineup, and they'll probably disagree with you regardless of data, video footage, the opinion of sports commentators, or anything, really. But unlike chimpanzees, humans live in a society that asks us to justify our behavior. And here's where motivated reasoning and confirmation bias comes in. When presented with facts that don't align with our worldview or established allegiances, we'll go out of our way to hunt down information that does. And these days, you can find just about anything on the internet to validate your opinions. Which brings us to the third and final driving force of false narratives. The spread of information. In the digital age, misinformation and disinformation have so many spaces to exist. We know for a fact that websites and landing pages with the most traffic aren't necessarily the most reliable. Wikipedia gets more than 1.5 times the visitors as the next closest news source. People spend far more time on social media than any other sites. And the number of followers the most popular scientist has pales in comparison to the least popular Kardashian. With so many digital options, there's more than just new places for information to exist. There are so many ways for it to spread. And if false narratives travel far enough, it doesn't matter whether they're eventually debunked. Thanks to confirmation bias and motivated reasoning, the damage is already done. Additionally, in psychology, there's this phenomenon known as the anchoring effect. Essentially, people will trust whatever information they hear first, and this is compounded if the information gets repeated. This is like the golden rule of propagandists. If a lie is repeated often enough, people are more likely to believe it. Say someone encounters a fake headline that reads, cigarettes have no lasting effect on your health. If they read that three or four times before they read an opposing headline, cigarettes can cause cancer, chances are they're less likely to hesitate before picking up a pack of smokes. And this remains true even if they read the entirety of the second article, and it's meticulously supported by data and evidence. And bear in mind, most Americans don't go out of their way to do any sort of deep dive. According to the Washington Post, less than half of all Americans interact with an in-depth news analysis beyond reading the headline. And yet, 70% will reportedly share an article without ever reading its contents, based solely on that headline. Knowing this, it makes sense that elements of the QAnon conspiracies are getting repeated, without ever being contextualized as false. They've moved past extremist disinformation platforms. False information is literally stepping into the spotlight, using the generalized banner of free speech to spread lies. And it's not just the media. As of this recording, elected members of the United States Congress can still be counted among the ranks of Americans actively spreading false allegations related to the groundless QAnon conspiracy. And not only are powerful leaders spreading lies, 
Some were broadcasting messages encouraging their followers to distrust the experts, fact-based journalists, scientists, doctors, and the news at large. Encouraging distrust only fosters feelings of isolation, causing more unease and anxiety, and so the vicious cycle doubles down. The New York Times and so many others are right to suggest that Americans are in the midst of a reality crisis, one that needs to be taken seriously. Earlier, we mentioned a number of instances of violence or threats of violence caused by QAnon supporters. We omitted any acts that may have been linked to the attacker's mental health in addition to QAnon conspiracies, including some horrifically brutal murders. But experts say there's a way to stop the vicious cycle that creates dangerous lies, and the key is simple. Empathy. The particular expert we're referring to isn't a scientist or a journalist or an academic. Jitarth Jadeja spent two and a half years entrenched in the QAnon conspiracies. He equated his experience to being addicted to dopamine. But when asked to describe the people who still believe, he said, They are our friends and family. It's not about who is right or who is wrong. I'm here to preach empathy for the normal people, the good people who got brainwashed by this death cult. Some may take issue with Jadeja's use of death cult, but regardless, his point remains clear and resonant. Nobody is trying to be deceived. Most QAnon supporters are normal, ordinary people, filled with righteous fury to do good, to vanquish evil. Even though their belief is unfounded, their reasons for believing couldn't be more rooted in reality. People are hurting, and they need more reason to trust each other and their institutions. And that's the truth. Or rather, the truest conclusion we can draw from what we know. We all believe lies in one form or another, even if they're superstitious. Maybe you make a wish on your birthday cake. Maybe you don't like opening umbrellas indoors. Or you have a pair of lucky sweatpants. But QAnon isn't alone on its shelf of dangerously false allegations. Others include... The United States government is using chemical warfare to turn its citizens gay. Global warming is a hoax. Vaccines cause autism. Among many others. As much as we love dissecting conspiracy theories, we think it's important to take a stand against factless theories. And allowing fake theories about corruption only hurts those fighting real corruption. As we stated at the top of this episode, not all conspiracies are false. Some are all too true. Powerful entities have desperately tried to cover up some outrageously ugly misdeeds, and that comes with a psychology all its own. That's precisely what we'll cover next time on Conspiracy Theories. We've spent this whole episode talking about facts, so we'd love to add, it's okay to have questions about COVID-19 vaccines. Should I get it? Should I wait? Is it safe? Find trusted answers. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so that you can make an informed decision when COVID-19 vaccines are available to you.
Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back next time with part two. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Connor Sampson, with writing assistance by Mackenzie Moore and Allie Wicker, fact-checking by Anya Bairley, and research by Chelsea Wood. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Hey there, Carter again. As we close out, here's a reminder to check out my new ParCast limited series, Devious Dads. For 10 weeks, we're exposing the men who are far more flawed than fatherly, ruining anyone who stood in their way, even their own families. Follow Devious Dads free only on Spotify.